Psalm 115 says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. Because of your mercy, because of your truth. Why should the Gentiles say, So where is their God? But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. O Lord, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us and he will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's a prayer, isn't it? God, we thank you for your blessing upon us. God, we thank you that we can trust in you. God, when the waves and the wind are raging all around us, when the storms are, are coming in, Lord God, when, when, when everything is coming in like a flood, you are there. We trust you, Lord God. You are our shield. You are our protector, and we thank you for that. And God, we praise you for that. This morning, we will give you praise and glory and honor because, Lord, you, you are our shield. You are our safe place. You would bless us, and I pray, Father, that you would bring the increase into each and every life in, in, in this room, in this church this morning. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your presence this morning with us. God, we thank you that in your presence there is rest. There is fullness of joy. There's every good thing that we could ever find, ever want in life. Father, we thank you for your presence. I just keep hearing rest this morning. Is there anyone here that needs rest? Yeah, I think a lot of us do. And I'm just reminded this morning that it's because of the blood of Jesus that we can find that rest. It's in his presence because of the blood he made it possible for us 
to have the presence of God amongst us, to have have the the presence of God to to rule and to to move amongst us, and and it's in that it's in that presence that we can find rest. Summer is a busy time. Lives are lives are busy. We fill our lives with lots of things, and we need rest. We need to we need to just sometimes slow down and find rest. It reminds me of the, the the story of Mary and Martha. Martha was so busy, so busy keeping everything moving, keeping everything together, and there was Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus, resting in His presence. It's a picture, I think, for us to uh, find that rest in Him. So just take some time from your busy lives to to recognize the presence of God and rest in that this morning. Father, we thank you for that, and we we just uh, pray that you'd be with us throughout this service, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Thank you, John. The ushers are ready. just want to read a quick verse. When a pastor says that, it means absolutely nothing. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Um, this is not a uh, woe to you church message at the moment. It just was it's putting things into perspective. In perspective, people always talk about, well, tithing is the Old Testament. Tithing is the giving and tithing and, and offerings and things like that. Well, that, you know, we don't have to go by the law. And you're absolutely right. We don't. We do not have to adhere to the law anymore. Um, and in that, there is freedom. In that, there is absolute joy we do not have to but he's talking to the pharisees and he says he says you you know you guys you do tithe and and you do it right out you you weigh this stuff right out to the ounce but you forget about love and joy and mercy and 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 being kind one to another you should have done both so in saying that he's saying yeah you, you should tithe now, we could argue about that all day long, and I've had many, many discussions with people who say, oh, I don't, I don't tithe, uh, or I tithe this, or I tithe that. That isn't the point. The point is, when tithing was instituted, not even at the Mosaic Law, it was, it was instituted well before that in, uh, with Abraham, when Abraham gave a tenth to Melchizedek way before the law, it was a principle that when applied to our lives, when we walk out that principle, there are blessings that go with it. And so he's talking to these Pharisees, and he says, where's your heart? Where Your heart needs to be in the right place. It isn't just about giving some money, giving a tithe, giving a something. It's about where the heart is, and that's love, that's forgiveness, that's mercy, that's uh, kindness in all those ways. Where's your heart? Giving, anytime we give, it's about where our heart is. Do we trust God, especially in this day and age? 
In this day and age where every penny counts, literally, you, you, you have to believe that God is going to supply your need at every step, and, and I hope He does, and maybe He won't, and what if He... There's all this turmoil, like John was saying, you know, there's, there's a peace, a lack of peace in the world today. Lord, our heart needs to be set on peace, and that peace comes by obedience to the Lord, working in His, in His doing His will, following His plan and purpose in every way. So as we give this morning, it's uh, not about law. You don't have to give this morning. You don't have to give anything. That's the great part about it. You don't have to do anything. But as the Word works in every way, as we trust in Him and we walk this out, there will be blessings for following His principles. Amen? Amen. Very enthusiastic amen. I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's pray. (laughs) Lord, You're so good to us. You're so good to us. And Lord, we thank You that Your your law, Your principles, your, Your Word works every time. Father, I thank You that Your Word, though, when it's applied to our life, sometimes it's sharp. Well, every time it's sharp. Your Word says that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it cuts right to the heart, right to the bone, right to the marrow. Father, help us. Help us to walk in a way that is full of truth, full of life, full of light in every way. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22. Last week I started talking about everybody gets to make a choice, or everybody has to make a choice. And the Holy Spirit's been talking to me a lot about that lately. In my life, but also in the, in the context of the church, the kingdom of God, our, our vision, our purpose here in the St. Croix River Valley in our hometowns. And I just I keep hearing over and over again, everybody has to make a choice. Everybody has to make a choice. Everybody gets to, gets to make their own choice. You get to choose the steps that you take. You get to choose. And, and uh, some would say that you don't get a choice, that everything happens to you. That God's will will automatically happen and it will just happen uh, without... Yeah, I mean, you can't screw it up. How many know that that's not true? I know I can screw... I have screwed it up. Praise God for His mercy and for His grace and uh, bringing me back to where His plan is, is working in my life. But Jesus even said that here to Simon. You, you, this is a very familiar verse or series of verses but this is at the last supper jesus is explaining what's going on this is uh, luke's a version of that and jesus has been giving all kinds of last minute instructions he said this is about to happen and they said no no it's not going to happen and he said yes it is luke chapter 22 he starts uh he's speaking to them very clearly and then he turns to simon Uh, who is Peter in verse 31. But starting with verse 28 says, You are those who have stayed with me in my trials. 
And I assign to you, as my Father assigned to me, a kingdom, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. I mean, think about how good that makes them feel. Sweet. I get to sit on a throne. I get to judge the twelve tribes. Oh, I want I want Judah. <laughs> Boy, I have some things I want to judge them about. But they're all sitting there, and Jesus is talking very plainly. He says, You're, I'm going to give you a kingdom. I'm assigning you a kingdom. And that kingdom, you're going to sit on thrones. Do you know that in Revelations it says that each believer will judge? We'll, we'll not only be judged, but we'll also be judging. That's, that's some hefty responsibility. We're going to be sitting and, and, and judging people's lives. You ever seen that before? You're, you're looking at me like you've never even heard that before. Read Revelation. I don't know the verse. I'll find it. I'll, we'll post it on Facebook or whatever this week. But we'll be judging. That's, that's a hefty responsibility. But it's exciting too because, you know, hey, we have authority in what God is doing, what God is leading us in our lives. And then he says this. While, while they're on a spiritual high, they say this. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not, may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Peter's been walking with Jesus for three years. He's seen all the miracles. He's even, he was even the one that, that pronounced that Jesus was the Christ. It was his revelation. It was the revelation that Jesus gave him. He was ready. Except he had no, no clue whatsoever about what he was about to step into. The pressure that the disciples were about to go through with Jesus being arrested and Jesus, you know, Peter says, I'll, I'll go all the way to prison and even to death. Yeah, he knew it could be bad. And what happened in the next 24 hours was, was horrendous. Horrible pressure. Horrible persecution, suffering, pain. But Jesus had to do it alone because they all scattered. They all took off. John was the one that stayed the closest, but he didn't speak up, did he? It says he was at the trial. It says that he was standing at the foot of the cross while Jesus was being crucified, but he was hiding with the rest of the disciples in the upper room at the end. But he said to Peter, he says, You're gonna, he says Satan has demanded that you be sifted. 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 Has anybody ever sifted anything? You know what I'm talking about when I say sifting? Sifting. You know, you, when I was a kid, we used to do, we used to have to, we, were, we did something with dirt, and it doesn't matter. I, that would take more time to explain what we did with it and then just explain it. We sifted. We had this big uh, four by eight sheet of, 
uh, or frame with uh, uh, like chicken wire in it. And then underneath that was another 4x8 sheet with a little bit finer wire grating. And then so on and so forth. It was about four layers. And you'd take a shovel full of dirt and you'd throw it on top of the, on top of the first grate and you'd, you'd shake it. You would sift it. It's called sifting. You, you know what I'm talking about. This is for you guys. You ever sifted anything? Oh, never mind. That's right. You do pour metal, don't you? So you have to sift the... Yeah, yeah, work with me here. Never mind. I'm not talking to you anymore. Sifting. It goes down to the next level. You shake the next level and, and even finer falls through. But there are there's some things left on top that don't go through. You keep sifting and you get down. We had a, a very fine screen at the end and it was the, that that dirt was so fine that it was just like powder, dry powder. But that sifting left some things behind that wouldn't fall through the screen. When we were over in Hungary a couple of weeks ago, uh, while the team was in, in working on stuff, we were driving, getting supplies, and we'd I'd pull the, the, the van up, and we'd empty the supplies out. But where I was sitting, right across the, the road, was a pickle sifting machine. That area of Hungary is a cucumber uh, you know, it, they sell cucumbers all over Europe. And there were huge trucks of cucumbers would come in and they would put them in this thing. And I, it just, I sat there for a lot, a long time watching cucumbers being sifted. Yeah, wow. Whew, it was an exciting mission trip. The, 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 the amazing things that you don't hear in testimonies. I watched a pickle sifting machine. It was wonderful. But on the one end, they had a big... Uh, a turn thing that had wide uh, or uh, very narrow and then it just kept getting working down and the big pickles would fall first and the or cucumbers and the, the next size cucumbers and they had a bag and they were catching them. It's something was, was going along but the, the smallest ones would go all the way to the end. Why am I talking about sifting? Because with sifting, there's shaking. You have to be, you have to shake the sieve, shake the screens to make things fall through. And all morning long, all the way through worship, I kept hearing the word sifting. Sifting. John asked after worship, he says, Is there anyone here who feels like you just need a rest? You've been going through it. I didn't see the hands. I had my eyes closed. How many of you feel like this last week you've been going through it? You've been getting shaken. Yeah. If you read the news at least once this week, you could be shaken. This world right now is going, this country for sure, and the world, because it happened in Barcelona. It's happening all over the world. We're being shaken. This world is being shaken. And in that shaking, what happens is some things get sifted out. Back when we used to sift dirt, the top layer got thrown out. 
Those were the big chunks, the big rocks, the, the unusable parts. We needed the powder. And so that sifting, that shaking, revealed the undesirables. And those things got thrown out. And then the, the next layer also was still too, too thick, too, too lumpy, too stuck together. It didn't fit through the sieve. And, and I still remember as a little kid, the first time I ever did it, I wanted to push them through. I wanted to help the sieve. And my dad wouldn't stop it. He goes, They're no good. that part of it is no good. You've got to throw that out. So don't push them through because it doesn't fix the problem. The, the, the desired end is the powder. <laughs> I love it. You know, the thing is, it isn't just electronic. Uh, you know, I have a friend who years ago was preaching in uh, the Philippines and they were having this, this whole tent, and he was preaching this, this great sermon, and power of God was falling, and all of a sudden the, the local villagers who were going to feed them the next day started slaughtering a pig behind the tent. <laughs> Squealing, yelling, because they were trying to hold the pig down right in the middle of his sermon, you know. So I'll take the train whistle. I will. It's much better. But the sifting gets rid of the undesirable. The sifting is not good. It's not easy. But it gets rid of the undesirable. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Beginning with verse 18. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the heavens or the hearers beg that no further message be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enthroned, enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse Him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused Him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject Him who warns from heaven. At that time His voice shook the earth, but now He has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens." This phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order the things that cannot be shaken may remain. 
Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Things are being shaken for a reason. Things are being sorted out for a reason. What stands and what doesn't? The right answer is the kingdom of God stands. Things, the things of the kingdom of God will stand. Things not of the kingdom of God will be destroyed. Now that means the big, larger picture of the kingdom of God, but that also means the little things in your life. What are you standing on? What are you holding as sure and unshakable? Peter said, hey, no problem, Jesus. I got this covered. I'm going to be ready. I can follow you all the way. All the way to the end. I, I am just set for this. I am ready. Jesus says, yeah, when, when you come back, <laughs> after this all sorts out, restore your brothers. Encourage your brothers. Because before, the, before morning, you're going to deny me three times already. Why? Because Peter's human. And he was standing on his human understanding, his human belief. In this world, your human understanding, your, your yep, I got this covered, no worries. I'm going into this trial, I'm going into this, this situation, and I got this, God, just watch what I do. As soon as we have that kind of pride, you're going to fall. It's only what the Holy Spirit can give you. It's only that which God instills that keeps you standing. This world is being shaken. It's not over yet. And we haven't even seen the worst of it yet. We think we have. I thought, I'm pretty sure I've seen, it's the worst I've ever seen. But then again, you look at world history and it can get worse quickly. Let's pray. We need to pray that it doesn't happen here. That the worst doesn't happen here. But even if it does, is that the end? No. Why? Because we have a kingdom that is not shaken. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. It doesn't matter how the enemies lift up their will and, and how the enemies attack and how the enemies destroy. It doesn't matter what the world can do to us. It doesn't matter what words are spoken. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, at, at, with any kind of weapon. It doesn't matter how bad it gets because our kingdom cannot be shaken. If your trust is not in the kingdom, you will fall. If your trust is not in the power of the Holy Ghost, you're not going to make it. You won't. You will not make it. You will fall. The Bible says that in the end times, men's hearts will fail. It's going to get so bad. 
We need to be ready for that, folks. And it isn't, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to, I'm going to be so set. I'm going to be, I, I've determined I'm going to make it to the end. No. That doesn't, what, that isn't what gets you there. What gets you there is, you know, Father, I'm nothing. I've got nothing. I don't have the right answers. I don't have, I don't, I'm not strong. I'm not powerful. I just know you. And I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I believe that you've got this. One last series of verses. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, be made known to God. <clears throat> and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. How do you combat the pressures of today? How do we make it through the week without our heart failing? How do we make it through the week without our knees shaking? How do we make it through the week without giving up? Because you have every reason this week to give up. That's the answer right there. Whatever is worthy. Whatever is lovely. Whatever is good. Think on these things. I heard somebody recently say, how do you know what you're thinking about? How does, how does anyone know what someone else is thinking about? It's what you talk about. What's coming out of your mouth? What are you saying about the world today? What are you saying about how things are going? The things that, that you're thinking about, what you're dwelling on, is what comes out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If the world situation to you is horrible and scary and out of control and terrible and un unhandleable, it's what comes out of your mouth. Or, like John said, what comes out on your Facebook page. What's coming out of you? Because the world doesn't need to hear more doom and gloom. The world is going to be destroyed. 
We know that. We know the end is coming. Everything's going to fall apart. It's really bad. It's going to get really, really bad. But everybody can see that. What they need to hear is from the unshakable kingdom. Yes, the world is in a horrible state right now. But God is good. God is good. Our government is a mess. Our government's falling apart. It's fallen apart a long time ago. It's horrible. They're out of control. They're all... Yes, but God is good. Pray for your government. Pray for our government. Pray for peace. Pray for wisdom. Pray for protection. Pray for our police. My goodness. Pray for our local officials. Speak life over these situations. Read your Bible more than you watch news. That's worth saying again. Read your Bible more than you're watching the news. Because if you're watching the news more than you're reading the Word, it's going to come out. Why are we? Why is there pressure? Un, unhandleable pressure. It's because we put our hope in something that's falling apart. But that's not the truth. The truth is we have a kingdom that's unshakable. Now you might say, well, let this out. Everybody has to make a choice. Here's your choice. Think on these things. This week, this week, choose to think on the word more than you think about the problem. Choose to agree with the word this week. My financial situation is horrible. Everything's falling apart. Money is going through us like you know through our bank account like a sieve. We owe everybody, and everybody doesn't it wants their money tomorrow. You can think about that, but you'll be shaken. The government's falling apart. The president, the the, the this person, that person. They're saying this. They're saying that. This person is. Does that solve anything? Father, I pray for, their, for mercy for each one of their souls. Father, I pray for protection over President Trump. Father, I pray for protection over the Supreme Court justice. I pray for protection over our Senate and our, our, our House. Father, I pray for our local officials. Every time you feel like that tension building politically, pray for those that are in politics. Choose. Because if you keep living in that turmoil, then your life will be turmoil. And that's what will come out. It's a choice. It's a choice. Health. Healing. Salvation. You can get all the bad reports they want to give you. When, when we've gone through the medical things that we've gone through, they always give you the worst report. Why? So you can't sue them later. 
I said this could happen. I mean, gracious, good night. When Ethan was born, he was premature, and they sat there and they started listing all the things that could happen. He could be blind. He could be deaf. He could never grow. (laughs) Truth is, he may never stop. I mean, gracious, good. They give you the worst possible scenario. Why? Because they're just covering their selves. Thank you, themselves. What a what a wonderful helpmate you are. <laughs> Think on those things. Well, if the economy gets any worse, my job could be on the chopping block. My God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Word, word, word. Choose to think on those things. Choose to speak life over your lives. Choose to live in the Word. Choose. Amen? Worship team, can you come back up? This morning we have an awesome opportunity to baptize, right? Go get ready. Please, sir. So while the worship team leads you in one more song, is this a song of victory? They all are. Amen. It's about Jesus. Of course it is. Let's all stand. Join with them while we get ready. And then we'll baptize Solomon. So you may be seated. So baptism is a choice. It's a choice in a long list of choices. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing those, and they will be saved. Salvation is a choice where you choose what you're going to believe, what you're going to base your life on. Baptism is a choice to follow. Jesus said, baptize. Well, so you get to make a choice. Am I going to get baptized or not? Am I going to be in front of a whole bunch of people and let, them, let somebody dump me under the water? Seems crazy, but here we are. Choices. So, Solomon, look at everybody out there. Why do you want to be baptized? Because I believe in Jesus Christ's love, who saved me from my sins and whose love is the only thing that can heal the wounds and scars made by Satan. Amen. 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 Father, I thank You so much for this young man. I thank You for the choices that he's making day after day. And this one more choice of obedience to to follow You in baptism. Father, it's such an honor to be able to to baptize him right now.
Father, I baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you so much for this this opportunity. I thank you for this choice. That this choice leads him down the right path, the right steps following you. Father, I thank you that as he moves forward, he sees a clear distinction between his choices and your choices, his opportunities and your opportunities. Father, I thank you that as he moves forward, he hears your voice more clearly every day, that he hears the voice of the Spirit saying, this is the way, and that each step he takes causes him to become closer and closer to you. Father, I thank you for this this moment in history that that we have have said, he has said, this is why, and we agree in the name of Jesus. And we seal this right now in your name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Is there anyone else while I'm in the water? We always give opportunity because I've had people come in with your Sunday clothes on. It's okay. It's good to be obedient when the Holy Spirit is saying to obey. Amen? Anybody else? Amen. Let's pray. Go ahead and stand. Let's pray and we'll dismiss. Father, we praise you. We thank you for each day the decisions that you've allowed us to be a part of making. Father, I pray that each one of us hears your voice this week and the voice of another they will not follow. Father, we praise you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.